Jeannie Flavelle's Hot Commodity Podcast Series. Empowering clients with commercial intelligence, supply chain expertise, and risk management solutions. Good afternoon, everybody. My name is Mike Coughlin, President and CEO of McKinney Flavelle, and today is January 27th, 2023, and welcome to our Hot Commodity Podcast Series. I'm joined by Eric Thornton, Commodity Specialist for McKinney Flavelle. I said that all in one breath. Hello, Eric. Hello, Mike. Hello, everybody. Happy Friday. Happy New Year to everybody out there. Happy Friday. I can still say that because it is a new year and it's going fast. Almost one month done already, Mike. I know. Going fast, like you said. It's going very fast. And um, yeah, so I I thought today, Eric, uh, for our listeners, we talked a little bit about weather because there's some changes in the weather. But before I do, Eric, I got to mention it. I got to mention it is that the registration for our spring seminar on April 26th in Oak Brook, Illinois, those that have attended in the past are excited that I'm saying this is that you can register online at Nikini-Flavel, April 26th. Come see us in Chicago. Eric's going to be there. Yes, I will. It was a great showing last year, and we've already got quite a bit of interest in signups in in the first week. So like Mike said, make sure you get in there and, and set your calendars up for end of April. We'd love to see everybody. Absolutely. And our theme this year, Eric, as you know, is movie awards, which I'm super excited about it because, you know, you were in procurement before and you can appreciate that uh, right now it's kind of like you're in a movie. And uh, if you're in procurement or you're buying commodities. A lot of thrill seeking, a lot of action, drama, the whole list of movie categories. That's right. Living out in this world for sure. But yeah, I've already seen some of the outlines, I think, uh, from the team here, and it's already setting up to be a pretty cool event. So I think people are going to enjoy this year's theme a lot. And I heard that it was considered the best one-day commodity intelligence seminar in the world, Eric. In the world, yeah. In the world. In the world. I think I, I, I came up with the award, but anyway, um, <laughs> let's go to weather. All right, yes. Eric, what's happening in weather and, and uh, what is your ideas on how it might be impacting some of the commodities our listeners uh, pay attention to? Absolutely. Yeah, no, I figured this would be a good topic to check in on. I think, Mike, we might have done something, you know, just late 2021 on this phenomena, and that is uh, El Nino Uh-oh. versus La Nina. Yeah. And those that are, you know, current clients of ours hear us talk about this quite often. Because obviously weather drives, you know, moisture, precipitation, temperatures, drought, uh, all that good stuff that can directly have an impact on production and yield for a lot of these markets around the world. So not just what we're dealing with here in the U.S., but obviously globally, at least what tendencies we might see, whether we are in one of those uh, phenomena. So I think people are pretty familiar kind of where we've come from to this point where we've been in a La Nina and kind of heard to it referred to as a triple dip, where we've been really uh, three years in a row in this La Nina weather pattern. And this is typically uh, unfavorable for the United States and South America, more on the dry, hot side, but better for Asia and Australia. And before I get there, I'll just go quickly back to what the difference is between uh, and just really what El Nino, La Nina is, it's really looking at the ocean temperatures at the equator off of the coast of South America and in between Southeast Asia. So that stretch of water there in the equator has a significant impact 
to global jet streams, weather patterns. Um, like I said, they can have differences each each event, but there's definitely an increase in probability of certain weather events taking place. Like I mentioned, excessively hot, mm-hmm. excessively wet, um, cool, warm, heat, drought, dryness, all those uh, bundled in. So being in this three years in a row of La Nina, we've certainly seen the negative impacts down in South America. Brazil had a really tough time with their crops uh, a year ago, specifically that soy soybean crop and corn crop. This year, it's kind of reversed where Argentina looks to be suffering quite a bit. And we've also had our problems here in North America the last two years with a little bit uh, lower on yield for a lot of these crops, specifically wheat, uh, even corn and soy to a degree where we've seen you know, below trend line yields where, you know, I think even the corn crop this year, trend line would have been 180, 181 bushels per acre. We netted out at 173.3 bushels per acre. So that lost production does matter. And it's something obviously that can matter for price projection, you know, whether a market might be setting up for recovery or potentially seeing stocks decline like they've done for consecutive years now. And certainly some other macroeconomic and fundamental factors leading to these tight balance sheets today, but weather has been a big one. Sure. Um, And it's just lined up in a pretty unfavorable way. So where we are now, though, we've seen La Nina start to really fade Mm. and, and dissipate here. So that's been pretty evident where Mike is out in California sure. the last five, six weeks with a significant amount of precipitation and rain and mountain snow and just a lot more weather systems making their way from west to east and even starting to make their way into the southern plains and the central part of the U.S. where it has been so dry for seemingly three years in a row, having major implications on that hard red winter wheat crop like I know you've heard us talk about many, many times. So we're finally starting to see the weather pattern break a bit. Um, obviously, you know, the weather is not direct, you know, 100% of the weather is not directly tied to what happens um, with this weather phenomena, but it's at least an indicator of what you could expect. And with La Nina fading to maybe more of a neutral phase later this spring and summer, you know, that may increase our chances to get at least more cooperative weather yeah. and set up for the ability that maybe we can hit trend line yield for corn. You know, wheat's already been suffering quite a bit, at least winter wheat. Uh, like I said, been still pretty dry throughout most of this winter and last fall, consecutive years of dryness, but at least we're seeing, you know, chances to, for more rain, more moisture, things could improve. And looking out in the forecast that's um, put on by NOAA for La Nina, El Nino, and looking at the oscillation down there, it actually shows we might have a chance to switch to El Nino late this year. Mm. So that's somewhat common. Looking at the historical data, where after a El Nino, we usually go to a La Nina. After La Nina, we switch to El Nino. And this last couple years kind of lines up pretty closely looking back from 1998 to 2001, where we had some consecutive years in a row of La Nina and, you know, quickly shot to El Nino. So that seemed, you know, there is some historical reference you can point to. And even back 2006 to 2008, there was about a two year spell of 
La Nina and we quickly went into El Nino. So mm. if that does take place, again, we should see better moisture here. North America, South America give us opportunities to improve for those crops. But what uh, El Nino is not very good for mm-hmm. in terms of uh, other areas around the globe, again, is, is Southeast Asia, yep. Australia. We typically see very dry, unfavorable weather there. So Australia has had three years in a row of record wheat production. We probably see a pullback there. Southeast Asia has also been doing just fine precipitation wise. Um, you know, they've had their other challenges with labor and, and COVID and everything else on production of uh, tropical oils, even over in into India, you know, we've had some decent weather there, but we've also see that El Nino is not very good for West Africa for yep. our cocoa buyers out there. So yep. it's, it's good and bad depending on the market or the region you're talking about. And, you know, again, I think looking ahead this year, I think the weather here in the United States and South America is going to be better. Whereas a year ago, looking out, the forecast was not as optimistic that La Nina was going to loosen its grip all that much. So definitely things are changing, things to note. And I think that's a little bit in part why maybe folks are are being a little bit you know hesitant on extending coverage too far in these markets and at least seeing if we can have a chance for some recovery in the second half of this year, probably waiting till Q4 this year during harvest, at least in North America for a lot of the grain markets. People probably trying to see if we can get some of these things to line up to give us better production and a chance for improving balance sheets. So just wanted to do a quick one today on that. And I don't know, Mike, if you had any other additions or insights. I know, you know, Cocoa Wise, you're pretty close there with some of the history in La Nina, but anything else you wanted to add on to that one? No, I mean, well, you did a great job recap, and I think it's, you know, weather is so still so important, and I think we see more extreme weather across the globe. So when you have these shifts, you know, you really need to pay attention to what that might mean as you lead up to it and, and when you're in it. And I think to, you mentioned cocoa. That's always a big one for cocoa, uh, especially for West Africa, because you have the pollination period and you have the uh, two crops, to the main and the mid crop. And if you don't have the right weather, it can really impact um, where almost 70, 80 percent of the, the, the crop comes out of. So, yeah, it's it, you did a great job recapping it. And I think what we can do is keep people abreast on um, what changes uh, happen, if any, and, and how those might impact those different crops. But I can just tell you from a Californian right now, I loved the rain and I think my rain dancing worked because it came. And yes. uh, Kevin said I, re- I danced too much because we got a lot of rain, uh, but it's always good to see. We're, we're happy here in California right now, at least. So, um, okay, well, we're going to wrap this one up. Uh, thank you, Eric, for a wonderful recap of uh, La Nina and El Nino. And uh, those IQ subscribers out there uh, and those that attended our risk management webinar this week, uh, you know, you could, if you missed it, you could go on there and you could uh, review it again this weekend if you saw it or if you didn't see it and you missed it, go uh, where it says webinars and you click on it. And there's the risk management webinar we just did this week. If you're not a subscriber, 
please reach out to us. We'll put you on a test drive. And guess what? You're not going to look back because it's so great. And there's so much great information Intel on there. And so we're going to leave you with that. And as I always like to say, live with an attitude of gratitude. Enjoy every minute moment with your friends and family. Eric, hug your kid. Hug Rory. Every day, every day. Every day. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, to you on the new one. So, uh, and uh, everybody else, have a good weekend. Take care. Till our next podcast. Take care, everybody. Bye now. That concludes this podcast episode. For expanded commentary and more detailed information, log on to McKinney Favelle's IQ Ingredient Intelligence Platform and listen to our Market Insights podcast. If you're not a subscriber, visit bikini-favelle.com for more information. And as always, follow us on YouTube, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter.